Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. How about it? Welcome in. Final day of November. We're headed to December very, very quickly. And the Grizzlies finally have a win at home before the calendar flips to December but it's time for the Gabe Kuhn Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That'd be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 99. Connor, what's the word, brother? How you feeling? You feeling good? It's a beautiful day. Everything yes. feels lighter. The sun's a little brighter. The Grizzlies have a home win. <laughs> it's wild. What a it day. It took this long. It took this long. It's way more fun to come to work when we get to talk about Grizzlies. Well, winning. yes, it is. There's only been four of them, though. <laughs> so how fun has work been lately talking about the Grizzlies? Maybe not so fun. But uh, we, we have some interesting things to discuss. I think uh, when we talk about role players, Zaire and David Roddy, you're seeing some more consistency from them. David Roddy has shown that, but Zaire is starting to come along. Um, and, and Taylor Jenkins seemed to take everybody's advice about riding with hot hands, riding with people that are playing good ball at this particular moment. But the Grizzlies win 105-91. to We'll talk about that in just a second. We have two hours and 45 minutes worth of talk on the way courtesy at 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly before we pass you off to Thursday Night Football with the Cowboys Radio Network versus the Seahawks. That should be a good game. That should be a very, very solid game in the NFC. Seahawks have to prove that they have some staying power when it comes to potentially winning playoff games, and the Cowboys have to prove they can beat a good team. Like I said, every team they've beaten is either one or two or more games under 500. They have yet to beat a team with an over 500 record. Tonight is the night that the Cowboys could potentially go do that. But also on the show today, uh, we have plenty more where that game comes from. Mikey Williams, we have a positive update for the first time ever, I think, Connor. Is this the, fir- this is the first time Definitely. through his entire assault with a deadly weapon saga? where you have some good news. Looks like he has pled guilty, and he has pled it down to a misdemeanor. We'll talk about what that means for the Tigers, what that means for Mikey Williams, ultimately. Um, But I think it's a damn good day for him, at the very least. 
a guy at the age of 19 who gets a second chance after making seemingly what was a massive mistake not too long ago. We'll take a trip around the NFL around 530. Um, Plenty to get to there, including a uh, situation that unfolded. I mean, uh, Sports Illustrated wrote about this. A situation that unfolded with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders where seemingly Dave Ziegler was trying to save their jobs and Josh McDaniels was not on board. It has to do with C.J. Stroud around the NFL draft last year. We'll get to the Blitz around 6.30, and then we'll get you out to the Cowboys and uh, Seahawks shortly thereafter. But only one thing to discuss. Looks like Ryan Silverfield is not going to be the head coach at Indiana. Right? I mean, that's, that, that's, that's, all, I can really, uh, that's all I can really say. I, I never thought it was going to end up that way. But Kurt Signetti, the head coach of James Madison, who's been phenomenal there, 52-9 and nine in six seasons. That's a good record. It's a damn good record. Pretty FCS good. to FBS to 11-1 in the FBS this year. He has been hired at Indiana. And, uh, Ryan, that's, that's not going, going to happen. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock from the Jeff Calkins Show in the Daily Memphian. Then at 6 o'clock, bring on uh, Memphis football beat reporter from the Daily Memphian. We have a Daily Memphian takeover today on the Gabe Coon Show. Frank Bonner will join um, to talk about everything going on. Um, where does he think they'll end up in a bowl? Will it be the Liberty Bowl against Iowa State? Uh, is there anything else on the, uh, on the horizon? Um, transfer portal, we'll talk about all those good things with Frank Bonner around 6 o'clock before we get you up out of here again for Dallas Cowboys versus the Seattle Seahawks. Now the Grizzlies won a game at home. Connor hit it. All I do is win, win, win. We saw streamers. We got to see a home win. Maybe not a good environment because they only have four wins at this point. But at the same time, a win at home before the calendar flip to December. They are officially 1-8 and eight at home. They're off the snide at home because they beat the Lori Markinen-less Utah Jazz. And the Jazz are good. We know that. They're 6-12. and 12. They're, they're not a good team. But the Grizzlies got over top, again, 105-91, to 91, behind some pretty good performances. Jaron Jackson Jr., David Roddy in that first half was unreal. He had five threes in the first half. Um, Derrick Rose, I thought, was phenomenal. Desmond Bain got involved in, in sort of setting up offense, getting guys involved. Um, and then Zaire Williams as well. I mean, he has shown a little bit of consistency. But really what pops off the page for me, Connor, about last night is that intensity that we thought we were going to see from Taylor Jenkins from that from that roster. We saw it. He played only the guys he felt were going to help them win, and that ended up being um, D. Rose, Desmond Bain, Bismack Biembo, David Roddy, Jaron, and then off the bench, Santi, Zaire, Vince, Jalen Noel did not play anybody else. But the intensity was there, and it led to the first win at home of the Grizzlies 2023-24 campaign. How about that? Took a while. He played the dogs. That's what he did. Yeah, he did. He played the dogs. He said he he played the we absolutely have to win this game lineup. Starting Derrick Rose, I think, signaled to everybody that they're taking this game more seriously than they've taken any game this season. It felt it felt like a playoff type of environment in the sense that you have to win this playoff game. Playoff environment, I also, not, not, not in FedEx Forum. No, dude, let me but tell you. They, but, but, at, but players-wise, right, like the, right. the way he coached that game, you definitely at felt Celtic the At Celtic last night, people – because the game was a, was close in the first quarter still. Of course. When, at Celtic, as, we, as I was hosting trivia – 
We were reacting to every basket as if it was Game 7 of the NBA Finals. It was massive. Everybody was locked into the game. It was an awesome night. We do have an update later on, by the way, on the whole Julia rom-com situation. Oh, really? We can do that in small okay, talk. Okay, we'll do that we can, in small we'll, talk. We'll save that okay. for small talk. But we have massive, massive updates on that whole situation. But no, it was, you know, last night, it was exactly what you wanted to see from the Memphis Grizzlies. There was a sense of urgency. They played the guys. It didn't matter if they weren't making baskets on the on the offensive end. If they were playing good defense, they were playmaking, they were making things happen on the court, they were creating chaos, specifically talking about Noel and, and Vince Williams Jr. He was leaving those guys out there. He played Vince for nine straight minutes. I thought I was going to black out. I was he like, played oh my God. It was beautiful. Night. Played 19 minutes. It was awesome. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. was blocking everything at the rim. It was great to see. Six blocks for Jaron. Incredible. I mean, that's unbelievable. I'm so happy. And then Desmond Bain and Derrick Rose combined for 18 assists. And only four turnovers, from what I understand. D-Rose turned back the clock a little bit. It was, it was beautiful to see because they knew they needed it just for pride. Again, it, there's no hope that is found from winning this game against the lowly Jazz. But at the same time, you save a little pride so you don't turn the damn calendar over to December with no home wins. Um, but they got one. They got one. Four and 13 at this point. And, of course, I, you know, in the third quarter, the lights have to go out because anything nice comes with a catch this season, right? Isn't that just sort of the idea? If you win a game, you'll probably find an injury. If you win a game, the lights are going to go out and you're going to have some long pause where everybody has to get back warmed up. Of course, the lights had to go. We can't have good things right now. I thought that Jessica Benson had the best the best tweet of the night about that when she said, uh, basically, the FedEx Forum just didn't know what to do with the Grizzlies winning that much this season. It just panicked, and it psyched <laughs> itself out. It was like, I guess we just got to turn off the lights because we were not sure how to operate here. So, no, it was, uh, it was really fun to see. I'm glad that he shortened the rotation. He stayed with the hot hands. And then Z and Roddy really stepped up in a moment yep. that you needed him to. Both and of those guys had great games. So, I, that's what I wanted to get to next, and that's what really popped off the page. For me, um, Zaire Williams has been playing some really good ball as of late. 11 points against Minnesota, 15 points against Utah in that win off the bench, and eight rebounds. He was three for three from three. Like, he really showed up. And then, obviously, you have David Roddy as well, who started 19 points, five for nine from three. He got all his three-pointers three, three pointers in the first half. I mean, he was white hot. He was unbelievable. But I, I Sort of talk about this wing rotation, the wings of the future, and where we're at with this whole thing. They tried to take the shots on David Roddy, on Zaire Williams, and on Jake LaRavia. I, my big takeaway at this point in the season, with how futile it's been and how much of a struggle it's been, and, and, and the, you know, the struggle they've had to find consistency from players outside of Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart when he's been healthy. David Roddy... We have got to stop grouping him in with those other two wings of Zaire Williams and Jake LaRavia. And obviously there's a space between Zaire and Jake even. But David Roddy has shown me consistently that he is not going to do anything to hurt this team dramatically night to night. He doesn't foul a lot. He does not turn the ball over a lot. He tries to make plays. Does he need to get better at finishing at the rim? Absolutely. But he's got a decent three ball, a um, little bit streaky. Um, but he plays good defense. He locks in. He is a guy who clearly, with the growth of this team going forward, he can always be, in my opinion, based on what I've seen from him in, in this you know year and some change, he's a guy who will always be a solid role player for this team. Yeah, It feels like the consistency is there, and we have a big enough sample size to understand exactly who David Roddy is at this moment. You had a really good conversation with Jeff about David Roddy. I can't remember when it happened. I think it was sometime this week. Um, but y'all basically talked about how – David Roddy 
when he is not being asked to start or be your sixth man off of the bench, is going to be a really good rotation player in the NBA. If he is your eighth or ninth man, right. that is a very good eighth or ninth man to have. I will be pleased with that. It will give him time to develop. Like you said, the biggest thing with him right now is he's got to he's got to work on finishing around the rim, and he's got to really work on making that three-point point shot not as streaky as it is because right now he's only shooting 30% for right. three, and that looks worse than it actually is when you go and you dive into like the game logs and you see game to game. You still have some games where he'll go, you know, he'll hit five. He'll have some games where he'll hit three, but then he'll have some games where he goes 0 for 6, and that hurts, you know, that really makes the percentages drop down. But to your point, he's always in the right spots. He plays good defense. He's he's a decent playmaker. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he's going to score every once in a while, and he's going to have these games where he pops off. We saw, we saw flashes of it last season. We're seeing flashes of it this year, and I think that that is what you expected from David Roddy when he got drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't think there was ever a real world where Roddy was going to be the starting three right. for this team moving forward. They were looking for a rotational player who could come 23. in and give you good minutes, and that's what David Roddy can be. I agree with you. I think that he is in a tier above Z right now, and LaRavia is definitely in the bottom now, tier. And Z, you know, it's, I, it, he's, well, he's it, it, you see it, and you're like, oh, why can't you do this every single night? And that's why you just got to hope that this, the consistency can get there with Z. We know the talent's there. What we're waiting to see from Zaire Williams is the consistency. We yeah. know the talent is there. The ability is there. He has games and, where he just looks like he's completely lost, but then he has games last night where he looks like he knows exactly what's going on, and that's where right now the disconnect is still there. But you also have to remember he's still so young, and I'm not, yeah. and that's not really an excuse because he's been in the in the league for you know a couple seasons now. He did have a lost season because of injury, but you hope that he can just get some consistency going. And, and to be quite honest, he's running out of time for that to happen. It yeah. needs to happen now. Yeah, and it's consistency against decent competition. Yes. Last night, you sort of throw it out a little bit because it's like the Jazz had a G League team out there, and that's it was not that hard to compete last night. But, but I think the reason David Roddy gets brought down a little bit in these conversations because he's so high floor, but you know the ceiling's not near as high as a guy like Zaire Williams. Right. And when you see it from Zaire Williams, you do see the ceiling, the upside to potentially be a starting three in this league. It's just not fully unlocked yet from a consistency standpoint. But David Roddy gets brought down, I think, in a lot of these conversations because he is that high-floor, do-no-wrong player at times on the court. He doesn't do anything flashy by any stretch of the imagination, but he does produce. He does produce every single night. And like you said, if he's an eighth or ninth man in your rotation during the regular season, I think you feel pretty good about him going into the future. Yeah, I I think the biggest issue... One of the biggest issues with Z right now is it's it's his play on the defensive end of the floor. When he came into the season, he said that he wanted to you know play at a defensive player of the year level. He's not even close to that, to be quite honest. He does get cooked sometimes on the defensive end, and that is why you know you have games where Jenkins will roll him out there, and he just gets kind of blown off the court when he's on the defensive end. And that's something he can continue to work on. That's the next step that we've got to see because that's the thing with Roddy. If even if Roddy doesn't have it on the offensive end of the basketball on a night, you know he's at least going to try to show up on the defensive end, give you effort there and he's going to try to hit the glass as much as he can he's not great at it but the effort is there and I think sometimes the frustration with Z can come from you know we're watching these games and he's just not as aggressive as you hope he is you know even on the on the boards on the defensive end of the basketball he's just he looks lost sometimes but I will say that he's had a stretch here that have been really good he didn't play very he didn't really play at all in the Phoenix game he only played for two minutes but when you go back basically to the Lakers game um, on the 14th of November, he has had a stretch of playing pretty good, consistent basketball. He's yeah. knocking down threes. He's looked good on the defensive end. So hopefully he can keep that rolling because if he's starting to you know turn into a player that we think he can be right when Jaw's starting to come back, that bodes well for the Grizzlies. And then the other two guys, 
um, that we have to talk about off the bench, Vince Williams Jr. and Jalen Noel, starting with Vince Williams Jr. He's just active, man. He's active. He's, it's he's not like he's going agent. to score at a ridiculously high level, um, but he can knock down a three every once in a while. You feel okay about his slashing ability when he attacks a closeout. Um, but on the defensive end, he's going to give you everything you want. And he's, I think, you know, when we talk about wings on this team and maybe the lack of rebounding we've seen uh, without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark and all these guys in the lineup, he is a he is a wing that can go rebound at a high level, sort of in that Conchar role, but maybe a plus from Conchar, um, you know, considering his, his athleticism and everything else. But I like Vince Williams Jr. I've always liked Vince Williams Jr. He's showing me something. Jalen Noel, not so good last night offensively, but he does have this knack for for playmaking to a certain extent, and he still is active on the defensive end. But I, this is a 10-day contract. I don't know what's going to happen with him. And they got this 10-day contract because of uh, all of the – all of the injuries. I, I, which one was this? This would have been the Canard, Canard, Smart. Marcus Smart. Everybody. That's why they were able to get this ten day contract. Yeah. I, I like Jalen Noel. Uh, I don't think he hurts you like some other guys on this roster have throughout the rest of the the regular season so far. But Jalen Noel, he was not good last night. He was he was the worst player I think out there for the Grizzlies. Yeah. Ultimately. You know he's been. He, I think he's been pretty solid on the on the defensive end of the basketball. And like you said, he has a knack for a bit of playmaking. He just he looks more comfortable out there than some of the other guys do. Yes. He's just well, not. He's it, it just shouldn't not be a surprise. Soaring. He's twenty four years old. Right. He, he actually played a a he was a role player for the Timberwolves at times. Yeah. In the past, like he's he is, a, he has played regular season minutes. Uh, and and he's done it at times at a high level. He he's a pretty good stopgap guy to have, and I hope that he gets another ten day. I would like to see what he can be. I'm not sure he's a long term solution for the Grizzlies, oh, but, but right now, hey, you <laughs> know, hands on deck, I, I've though, liked right now. what I've seen the last two games. Despite him not really being able to score the basketball, he's he's giving positive minutes for the Grizzlies, and he's not he he understands what his role is in there. Is what I think what I've really enjoyed. But to Vince Williams. What a disgustingly beautiful stat line he had last Three, night. Eight, Three, two. eight, two, and one. Ah, give it to me. That's a glue guy right there. That's a glue guy right there. And every time he plays, he has positive minutes. Keep giving Vince William Jr. minutes. Good things happen when the chaos agent is out there. Does he turn over the ball a little bit? Yeah, sure. Does he foul a little bit too much? Yeah, sure. But he's an agent of chaos. He creates loose balls. He gets you fast break opportunities. He's going to hit a three every once in a while. But he's going to cut. He's going to rebound. He's going to give the effort out there that you need him to do. The dirty work guy. Yep. No question about it. Now, um, when it comes to uh, Taylor Jenkins and what he did last night and and playing all these different guys, it felt like a different intensity. I've already mentioned that, and he clearly felt like they needed to get this win before they got to December. They wanted to have a home win before the calendar flipped to December. Um, But for him, I think it's interesting. It feels like everything that has been said on these airwaves and elsewhere, he followed to a T last night. It almost felt like... It almost felt like he he decided to uh, listen to a lot of folks that were talking about where this team is at and who should get opportunities. Those guys got opportunities. What did it turn into a fourteen point win? It's 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 interesting. Now, Marcus Smart, how much do you think his uh, his antics uh, lot. out there against the Timberwolves? Uh, got them to uh, galvanize and win this game. I think I think it had a lot to do with it. You know, last night's win. It's not a fix all. There are still a ton of problems with this Grizzlies team. They still have a really. <laughs> they have a difficult yeah. stretch coming up. Again, again, we've lost hope. Right, but we can celebrate. Pride. Well, pride. If you have an opportunity, just, we can celebrate today a little bit. Right. It's it's been we've been in the depths of hell and we got some sunlight, so we're going to enjoy our time in the sunlight today a little bit. But to your point, I think that you know Marcus Smart. 
he did exactly what you brought Marcus Smart into Memphis to do. He 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 got this team fired up, and to the Grizzlies' credit, they responded exactly how, how you hoped they would. He called them out, and they responded in the right fashion. I don't know how much of that is Taylor Jenkins, to be quite honest, and that's why that's, conversations that's will continue to be made because it took a public shaming of Marcus Smart, basically, of the team On to get the them fired line. up. And, you know, take that as you will. You can you can form opinions of that, and I'm not going to disagree with anything that you might form from that. But last night, I will say, is at least, you know, I think from our standpoint, a positive sign from Taylor Jenkins that he's not just rolling with the guys that he thinks are going to be the most efficient or the ones that he trusts the most or aren't going to turn the ball over. He's you got to play your dogs when you're when you're in a situation like this with the Grizzlies. You got to play your hoopers, man. You got to yep. play the Vince Williams Juniors. You got to play the Noels. You got to just stick with these guys who have the hot hand and let them run. Just because your game plan might say take this guy out at this time, put this guy in at this time, put that guy in at that time, you don't have to do that game to game. Yep. He, he went with the feel of the game last night. He started Derrick Rose, which was really cool to see. And you got the result that you wanted. Yeah. Um, I do get the sense, and I've said this before about Taylor Jenkins, with Marcus Smart sort of galvanizing that team, sort of what it felt like uh, after, after he went off, on the, uh, went off on them in a timeout during the Timberwolves game. Um, I've said this about Taylor Jenkins. I, it feels like he's almost too much of a nice guy behind closed doors with these guys at times. I, I I don't fully know what, you know, practice and shoot-around looks like and how he's going after these guys, but he doesn't seem like he really rips into his team the way Marcus Smart was able to. And sometimes, I'll say this, sometimes you need a player. Sure. You Like, the player voice may mean more in that moment, but I get the sense that Taylor Jenkins is not really that type of coach, and I don't think he'll ever really be that type of coach that goes after his players in that type of fashion. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think his... I don't think that's the type of coach he is. I agree with that. I think he is one who hopes to lead by example. He hopes that players will step up and talk when they need to. But, you know, there's also been reports that before the Utah Jazz game, there was a player-led practice. Right. And I think it's just, you know, some questions arise when you see the Marcus Smart video and you have a players-led practice, and then they come out and they look the best that they have in a while. You know, yep. I don't know if that's circumstantial because of everything that's going on, because of the urgency of last night's home game. They knew they needed to win that game. You're 0-8 at home. You were the best team in the NBA at home last season. You're starting to kind of lose the feel of the FedEx Forum in a bit. You know, you're starting to lose that a little bit. And I, here's what I will say last night, too. The music was different. I don't know if you noticed. I, did, I didn't really notice Music that, was no. different last night in the Forum, too. So it seems like everybody heard, heard the signals and, and got back to – they just got back to what made this team good. It was gritty basketball last night, and that's what you need to see. It was defense first leading the, to the offense. It was – they minimized their mistakes, and that is what is going to take when you have a roster like this. You have to be rolling with the guys that are hot at the moment. Every night, a guy might be different, and you got to roll with them. It can't, you can't be sticking to your game plan. So I got to give Taylor Jenkins some credit last night, but I do think it is fair for questions to still remain about was it him that galvanized this team or was it Marcus Smart and the player-led practice? And it sort of feels like that's I would I would go right. with the latter. I'd go with the latter. Um now John Morant's back in eight more games. That's good news. Beautiful. We're getting we're 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 inching closer and closer by the day. He's licking he al- his chops. He also and I don't really want to hop into this heavily cuz I know other guys have, but it looks like he has been subpoenaed in the uh in the Joshua Holloway case, we'll see what happens there. I thought he was let off the hook. We'll see. We'll keep keep you updated on on what. I'm goes excited, man. I'm I cannot wait for John Morant to come back to this basketball team. I have missed watching John Morant play basketball so much. It sounds like he's put on about ten pounds of weight 
Jaron Jackson Jr. Well, and the whole team keeps talking about how it. excited he is to come back. Here's here's the other part of it. Here comes the the eyes of the national media right back on Memphis like they were last year when John. Well, it's because the, all that. The, the new NBA's darling has fallen. Yeah, <laughs> they can't. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I get that. Which is pretty funny. I get that. Um, now, also in the NBA uh, last night, CJ McCollum made his return to the lineup after a collapsed lung. That's a wild story. Crazy. Uh, but November fourth, he had that collapsed lung. Uh, he returned to the uh, Pelicans. They got a win over the 76ers. Pretty impressive, quite frankly. Um, and C.J. McCollum, not the greatest, but three for eight from three, 20 points, four rebounds, five assists. That Pelicans team at full strength, and I know at full strength is hard to, you know, with Zion Williamson and all these other guys that uh, miss time here and there. Um, but that, that Pelicans team at full strength is still pretty damn good. Well, I think we need to give credit where credit's due. One they were their, five and seven without CJ McCollum, but when he's in the lineup, that is a completely changed ball team. Well, the biggest news for the Pelicans is that Trey Murphy's about to come back, who is arguably, you know, top three, top four player on the team. You might be able to argue better. He's a knockdown three point shooter three and, and plays tremendous yep. defense. He's going to add a lot to that team. So, yeah, them getting CJ McCollum back and Trey Murphy back within a week, whew, big, big time news for the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, and Zion's playing really well. I, I am still. With the Magic. That's a, that's the other story here. Eight wins in a row for yeah, the Orlando buddy. Magic. Yeah, buddy. 13-5. and five. I, I'm still not sure how all of it holds up. But they have a lot of good young players. And Franz Wagner has been phenomenal. Last night, 31 points on 11 for 14 shooting, 4 for 6 for 3. I was always worried about him coming out of uh, Michigan because I sort of wondered about his athleticism and how it would translate. It's translated beautifully. But that is a really good young team. I don't know how all of it's going to hold up though throughout the entirety of the regular season. I think 13 and 5 maybe and 8 wins in a row maybe sort of peak of what they fully I don't know man. This year. We'll they're, see They're though. really good. It's they are just full of a bunch of hoopers, man. Suggs and to be honest, Jalen Suggs had a And Cole Anthony a, has showed up in a well, big Cole way. Well, Cole Anthony, he went from basically almost leaving the team last year from getting just kind of waived or traded to he is now a key piece of that team because he turned it around. He had a bad attitude and he really buckled down has turned into a very good player for them. But Franz, I was a huge fan of him coming out of college. I wanted the Grizzlies to go get him for a reason. I thought it was so odd. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are our milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Everybody was saying, well, you know, his brother stinks, so what about him? And I'm like, it's his brother. And they also play they're, they're completely yeah, sure. different roles, Completely too. different roles. But I don't know, man. I think it's pretty real. Here's, here's what I will say about them. They beat the teams they should beat. 
and they and they can catch the teams that they shouldn't. Like they've beaten Boston, they've beaten Denver. That matters. But they smack teams like the Bulls, the Pacers, the the Raptors, the Wizards. They take care of business in those games, and that is how you can have a successful season. You beat the teams you're supposed to, and then you stay in the game enough to where you can beat teams that are above you. I think that they are still maybe a year or two away from being real threats, but they're coming, man. But the, thirteen that, and that five. Magic team, because don't forget they got Paolo down Paolo's there too. Ridiculous. They got a bunch of scores. They can they can defend Paolo didn't well. Play well last night though. That's the thing, though. If Paolo, if, when Paolo doesn't play well, they've got all these other guys that can step up and play well for them. They don't have a number one guy. You know, that's it's. They are a team of committee. We've got room on the island. I've been a big Magic guy for a few years now. So, so somebody wants to join the Orlando Magic Island with me. We got room. Well, there we was got a lot room. of no. Well, let me say this though. They it has worked out for them to go get these high picks every single year, and it's starting to pan out for them. Um, but that's not how it works out for everybody. A lot of people were on Pistons Island for a while as well. And P- the Pistons, after last night, what was it, 133-107, they lost to the Lakers. 15 straight losses, they're 2-16. I, I know, I, I talked to Jeff about this yesterday because this was the road game that got added because the Grizzlies, Grizzlies were so bad in the in-season tournament. Because um, they'll play the Pistons. You obviously don't want to lose that game with how bad they have been. But I am I am curious what their plan of action going the Pistons is yeah I don't and, know. and like here's the thing like I guess the thought process could be like the Rockets you you have all these young players you want to add a couple of uh, vets in the off season but what kind of vets can they realistically add when you get to the off season um, I, I get that sometimes when you draft high it doesn't work till it actually works till you just like with the with the Magic you didn't you, you saw the the lead into it. But you didn't know they were going to be this good in the early going. It could be similar for the Pistons going into next year if all these guys sort of come along. Jaden Ivey gets more minutes, that type of thing. But I wonder what their thought process is because this is the depths of hell they're in. Yeah, two and sixteen is just awful. They started two and one. They've lost fifteen straight games. Yeah, it's not great. Not having Jalen Duran for a stretch has definitely, you know, because he got he was off to an unbelievable start, and then he got injured, so it's been tough for them. The weird thing about the Pistons, if you compare it to to the Magic, the Magic were they're a bit of an island of misfit toys type of team too. You know, when you go look and you're like, oh, okay, Markel Fultz is giving them good minutes, and you right. have some guys, you know, Joe Ingles is down there, you've got Gary Harris is down there. They got a few guys who just they've got that veteran leadership, guys who have been around the league and they know how to play ball, they know how to play good defense, and they score the basketball and they take care of it. That's how, that's why they're good. The Pistons, they have no idea what's going on. Kate Cunningham's not a point guard. Stop trying to make him point guard. I'm not sure why that's what they keep trying to do. It's he is not they have not built the team around. He's a good enough playmaker, but you need you need a you need a you need a ball. They're trying hand, to force ball hand. Right. They're trying to force Kate Cunningham into this role that he's not comfortable in. And then you have Jaden Ivey there, Asar Thompson, and Jalen Duran. You've got four very good players. Everything around them is crap. It's bad. It's not good. Marvin Bagley Jr.'s there, James Wiseman's there, Isaiah Stewart. It's they have they have invested time in all of these players and they have got to give up on them. There are reports that they don't want to trade Bojan Bo- Bogdanovich. Why? Yeah. Why don't you? you well, turn that, down, that was this offseason. You turned down two first-round picks for him? Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's ridiculous. We can now, also be honest about it. They got screwed in the lottery. They bought it. They yeah, had the worst the, season they've the, ever had and got the fifth pick. Now, Sar Thompson's awesome. He's been unbelievable. He's awesome, but he's not the type of guy that's going to turn around your franchise in a whole year. He's the type of guy where three, four years from now, he can be a key piece on a really Defensive good team. Defensive ace. Defensive ace, he's going to knock down a yeah. three. He, Hope, I, well, Anthony he's, he's got to grow that three ball. Sane said it. I actually like the take. He said he plays like a 70s player. It's exactly yes. when you watch a play, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, he well, looks I like guess a 70s the good player. news for the, for the Pistons still is no one in their starting lineup is under or 
They're 21. It's they're, over 22. Their average age is 21. Yes, they're still young. But they're extremely young, but they're terrible. They're dreadful. You just sort of wonder if there's going to be like some key pieces moved at some point at the trade deadline to go try to find more <laughs> draft capital. I, I don't said know. it as a joke. I would be like, hey, here's four first round picks for Asar Thompson. Say no. Make them say no. They'd say I'll no. Take, I would do that. That's going to be so good. No. I, but who knows? They're the Pistons. They might do something stupid. They might be like, "Oh, we got Boan and Joe Harris," and they're going to play instead. Alec Burke. They just have all these guys that aren't I, that don't need what, to be there. What I, it's what very I, weird. What I it's still, a team of small four. And I said this when it happened when Monty Williams got that massive contract, the biggest NBA head coaching contract really in history, outside of Greg Popovich. Um, when I saw him get that, I'm like, "Do you really think that he's going to change around this young young team that quickly?" No. And to see you spend that much money, try to take yourself a little bit seriously, and you're two and sixteen at this point in the year. And I don't know if you've seen Monty at some of these post game pressers. He does not look very. <laughs> he does not look enthused with the decision he's made to take all this money and this responsibility of, of of bringing this team together. Yeah, and to be fair to the Pistons, the poor poor Pistons, they have been the second most ravaged team by injuries this season. They really have. It's underneath the Grizzlies. It's the Detroit Pistons. Bowen hasn't played a single game. Joe Harris has been out. Jalen Duran's been out. They've had Jaden Ivey's been out for personal reasons for a few games, and he just kind of really got back into the mix. So they have a bunch of young players who don't have veterans on the floor with them who are basically just playing ISO basketball out there, yep. and they're finding a shot at the end of the day. Killian Hayes, at some point you gotta you got to be like, this isn't the guy. You know, you can move him for other pieces, but he's not going to fit on your team. Jaden Ivey's a much better player than him. I think that Marcus Sasser has something to him. Yeah, he's got something. Move off of Alec Burks. Move off of <laughs> Bohan. Move off of Joe Harris. Go get assets and try to really build just this be thing. Young as, just be as young as possible. They haven't seriously tried to do a rebuild. They're, they're trying to do this like, oh, we got veterans and we have Cade Cunningham. And, well, he was hurt last season, so that's our excuse for that season. But this year he's healthy. And it's not his fault that they suck. Like, they're terrible when yep. you watch them. Every single play is ISO basketball. Nobody's crashing the boards except for Jalen Duran. It's kinda, a sad, they, sad they, they situation. Have the, they kind of have last year's Rockets written all over them. Very we much so. We have a bunch of young guys who want to go get theirs on the offensive end, and then on the defensive end, they don't seem to care. And Monty does look sad. Well, I mean, it's a tough situation. I thought it was a good a hire, of. but... It's, I mean, sure, but for the, amount the of money, for the amount of money they paid him... To be two and sixteen—that is the big. It's the biggest letdown in the NBA. So I think far they this have year. four real guys who can be on that team, and I think the rest of it they need to figure out. All right, now I've waited a while to talk about this because I just—it's—it's it's uncomfortable, and I just don't know the full details of everything. But we know that over the past couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of things from about Josh Giddy and a potential relationship with a minor. Um, but an investigation has opened into Josh Giddy regarding those allegations um, by Newport Beach Police Department. Um, I'm, I'm amazed he's on the floor still. I'm amazed that we're, we're he still be sitting here. The NBA... He shouldn't be playing. As much as, I think they make some good decisions. The play-in's a good decision. The in-season tournament seems to be working. Um, but what they do in regards to relations with women and allowing people to um, be on the floor when they have no business being on the floor... It is frustrating to see. It's now, extremely disappointing. The Miles Bridges situation, this right here. Um, now, I understand there are some difficulties with the Newport Beach Police Department trying to reach out to the parents and the minor that is involved, but they're basically saying that they're not, you know, they're refusing to cooperate with the authorities. So I don't know how this ultimately ends up, but it is, it's a shame because it feels like this is pretty open shut based on what I have seen out there on the Internet. Now, again, uh, I, I don't know how this plays out in court legally, 
the whole thing. I would imagine the, the parents and the minor will have to step up and actually start cooperating with, with police. But this, I can't see something. I, it would make me sick to my stomach to see something like this get swept under the rug. I, I 100% agree, especially coming off of, you know, the Miles Bridges situation. It just, it seems like every single time the NBA has had a chance to really kind of make a stance about how some of these players treat women and, and, and things like that, they com- they consistently whiff on it. And they it's, do. it's so disappointing. It's, I don't really, yes, he may end up being in his, whatever. It, I, the whole situation is extremely gross to me. And the fact that, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder are seemingly standing by well, him well, in a very well, odd, well, and cheering yes, him when he gets brought in. And then also, what, is, what's really been gross be about it, what's he shouldn't really, be playing. What's been, worse about it is the investigation is opened and the thunder are not even saying anything about it Mm -mm. they're not addressing it like i just think that is the worst look of this whole thing well and also if he's gonna do pressers and he's gonna be asked about it speak on it yeah don't be like oh i'm gonna talk about that later no man speak on it yeah i i I understand the frustrations because it's, you know, and, and I do think that one, like the Grizzlies were the I mean, because here's the thing, like I can see in Memphis, like I see this com- conversation, this is this has come along, Ja gets 25 games for nothing that's actually illegal, and Josh Giddey's being accused, uh, I mean, allegations of inappropriate relationship with a minor who was like 15 or 16 at the time, that needs to be cracked down on probably more than Ja's you know, non-illegal activity. Agreed. And it feels like Adam Silver consistently misses the mark when it comes to that. Yep. And I know it's a player's league and you want to do the whole, you know, innocent until proven guilty thing. But with this particular situation and what I've seen out there, it's just gross to, to try to play that play it that way. I think gross is a good word to use. Yeah, no question. It's disappointing. That. Yeah. Now, um, from that to another uh, case, one that has actually been settled for, for, the, for the good – Um, When it comes to Mikey Williams, we have to talk about that. looks like all the allegations, the felonies that he was facing have been completely alleviated, and he's only going to have a misdemeanor um, once he uh, goes through anger management and everything else. But we will talk about that next, what it means for Memphis, what it means for Mikey Williams, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We take you straight out to Arlington, where Jason... And John are standing by. We have the uh, Wing Guru location, 92-cent wings today while supplies last. Guys, what's happening? Uh, actually, Gabe, you're going to have John on the next okay, one. Okay, I got you. I just got uh, you, and, and Jason. Make sure, make sure you when you get him, you call him by his nickname, John Rush to Judgment Martin. Just want to make sure you he'll know <laughs> he'll know what it means. When well, you, I when think you I know what it means. Hour. I think I yeah. know what it means as well. With the Mikey Williams go. stuff today. There, there you go. And we're talking Mikey Williams out of here at the Wing Guru. We're talking Tigers. Uh, the new Arlington Wing Guru 5224 Airline Road. This is Suite 107. You'll see us when you get in the parking lot. Beautiful new space. And you can get the best deal in town. Six party wings for, yes, just 92 cents. Now, that's one per order. And, again, I would advise you to give that to the spouse or the kid like I'm going to do. Then get yourself a real big man order. And then that's the way you it's, it's like a free order. So, yes, six party wings. 92 cents, one order per customer, and you can uh, splurge on yourself in the best wings. Uh, the best wings known to man, the 22 best flavors. How's that? Now, I know you're uh, taking selfies out there with everybody. Um, now, I, I do want to know, though, because everybody's asking. This is, this is a serious question. What's your favorite 
out of the 22 flavors, what flavor do you go for when you're at Wing Guru? Memphians don't like to hear it, Gabe, but it's Nashville hot for me. Oh, really, okay. It's taking that Nashville flavor, and I can't get enough of it. Whether I'm doing old wings or boneless, I go with Nashville hot just about every time. John's a garlic sriracha man. I would, I, I would advise and, and suggest we all, and I haven't done it yet. I can't wait to try it. The Can't Catch Cow for the Calvin Austin oh, of course. flavor. He is now the 22nd flavor here at the Wing Guru. So if you come to the Wing Guru, you got to try the, uh, the Triple C the new triple C flavor, man. That's the one we should get for you, Gabe. Well, do we know? Tigers. Do yep, we know yep. what? Do we know what? What's the uh, what's the mix there for the can't catch cow? Some sort of honey. It's a, some sort of honey gold. I think Calvin's a honey gold guy, but he's put his own spin on it. So I think it's got some uh, it's got some sweet to it. But I think uh, again, I haven't had it yet, so I can't speak to the other side whether there's some hot to it or not. But I think he's got a some sort of honey gold base, if I'm not mistaken, there, Gabe. Okay. Which makes sense because. Cow's a sweet dude, baby. Yep. And, and it, exactly. It makes a lot of sense. Now, 92 Cent Wings, get over there before 6 p.m. We'll we'll have another check-in here in a second with uh, John uh, Rush to Judgment Martin. Is that, there is you that go, the baby. You got it down right. perfect. Just make sure you introduce him as that. He'll love it. I got you. Well, Jason, Thank appreciate you, it. Yes, yes, sir. sir. But get down there by 6. 92 Cent Wings. 92 Cent for a six-piece. Six uh, we know that they tax for wings sometimes, but get over to Wing Guru in Arlington, 5 224 Airline Road, Suite 107. Um, those 92-cent wings, you can't you can't beat that. You just cannot. Now, I'm on to Mikey Williams because that, I guess, is what uh, John was rushing to judgment to through this whole process. I didn't rush to judgment, but at the same time, I did have a take about the University of Memphis not necessarily having to stand by him through this process, nine different felonies, while Penny could. Uh, the, the news today, though, is pretty massive for Mikey Williams. Mikey Williams has pleaded guilty to a single count of making criminal threats in connection with a non-injury shooting outside his home in San Diego, in the San Diego area. Um, now, if he, Mikey Williams, completes anger and gun safety courses by his scheduled August 12th sentencing date, the charge will be reduced to a misdemeanor. One, he's a good lawyer. That's my first take. They, uh, those those uh, billable hours... Definitely came through for Mikey Williams here. This was nine separate felonies facing up to 30 years for assault with a deadly weapon, for making threats, and it has been pled down all the way to a misdemeanor potentially. And I'd imagine right there, first thing on the docket, complete the anger and gun safety courses if you're Mikey Williams. And you can think about resuming your basketball career. And I honestly, you know, I, I don't know exactly what happened here. Um, if there was some, you know, newfound discovery that led to this. Uh, but ultimately, I have to say I am I'm – I'm, I'm relatively happy to see a 19-year-old not get derailed for life by a decision he made at that age. Hopefully he can learn from this. Hopefully he can grow. Um, but he gets back on the basketball court. You can think it's good or bad. Uh, but at the same time, I don't like seeing a 19-year-old derail his life from one stupid decision. I think my biggest takeaway here is that I am happy that a young man who made a decision in his teenage years is getting a second chance. You know, and I right. hope he takes it seriously. It is, you know, we can talk about what it means for the University of Memphis and Penny and, and the Tigers right. and all that stuff. But I think the biggest takeaway is, one, damn good lawyers. Damn good lawyers, and two, yes. I am happy that Mikey Williams is is getting a second chance, and I hope he and I hope he uses it to the best of his ability. You know, take those classes, just get it get it together because he's got a ton of talent. And don't screw up like this again. Right? Don't don't. You're getting a second chance. The, don't, don't waste it. Put yourself it. in this position. I I'm fine with second chances. Once you get to third, fourth, fifth chances, that's where you start to get 
uh, you start to blur the lines a little bit. Right. But second chance for a 19-year-old who put himself in a terrible position, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, when you look at uh, what it means for the University of Memphis, I don't know, quite frankly. Um, we know that Penny is, and really the university has cho- chosen to stand by him this whole time. I don't know if his career will lead him here. Um, but I don't think it's any coincidence, and mo- most people have pointed this out, overtime um, was there. And overtime is obviously social media company, uh, you know, that type of thing. They were there immediately when, when Mikey Williams was, um, got the news that it would just be a misdemeanor if he completed these courses. I don't think that there's any coincidence there. And overtime, of course, funds overtime elite. And I sort of wonder, this was always the conversation around Mikey Williams, did he even want to play college ball? At this point, I wonder if he takes the route of overtime elite or some other pro league to get ready for a professional career elsewhere. I'm not sure, you know, and that's where I think it's going to probably come down to the details of the plea deal. Like, is he allowed to leave California? Does he have to take the courses right. before he's allowed to play basketball? I don't know. That's where I am not a lawyer. You know, <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't know the legality of that point. But I think, you know, if there is an opportunity for him to play for the Memphis Tigers next season, I think that would be very good. I'm not sure it's necessary to bring in Mikey this year to this team. If he wants to come to campus, if he wants to spend time with the team, oh, if not he's allowed this year, to. But no. Well, you're sure. If he wants to spend, if he is allowed to leave California, California, he can come to the University of Memphis, and that's what he wants to do. Sure, you're allowed to do that. I don't think that playing this season is really on the table. If it is what happens, sure. But I think right now, you know, with how this team is rolling and how the roles have already kind of been, I think, you know, defined on this team so far, it wouldn't make a ton of sense to add him to the roster right now. But again, if he wants to come to the team, be around Penny, be around the Tigers, get some, you know, sense of, I guess, you know, stability around him, that would be a good thing. It's just, I don't know what the next steps are. Yeah. He, all, all I know is that he's got to complete these courses by August 12th. That's all, that is what I know the next steps for him are immediately. You know, but I would be in support of him coming to campus and being around this team just because I think it could, it could be a positive thing for Mikey moving yeah. forward, especially with his relationship with Penny Hardaway. If that isn't what happens, though, I'm going to root for him. I hope yeah. that he, like I said, I hope he uses the second chance to the best of his ability and he doesn't waste it. Um, now, with this getting pled down from nine felonies to a misdemeanor, the question would come up, do you change your thought process on what you said about the University of Memphis standing by the kid, Penny being able to stand by him if he wanted, but the University of Memphis does not have to hold themselves to that standard? No, I don't change any thought about that. I still don't think there is a self-respecting university out there that would stand by a kid who had nine felony counts at one point, especially when it comes to um, a weapon. Like, I, I don't think the University of Memphis was in any way, shape, or form um, supposed to stand by Mikey Williams in this situation. Penny Hardaway can do that. Um, but it seems like the University of Memphis is kind of surprised by this. I, I don't know if there's a lot of contact between the University of Memphis, Mikey Williams, Penny Hardaway about what was going to happen in the coming days. But it all worked out for Mikey ultimately. I, I mean, I, I think it's okay to say that everybody is like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Plea deal. Cool. Like, he had nine felonies, and the last time we talked about him, he had another one added to it. Like, I think he had eight. And then there had, had been he, no positive news up till now. There had been no positive news. I think the stance that you and I always took was, uh, you know, the, I don't think the university has to publicly stand by him. I understand if they didn't they pub- did. publicly separate yeah, they said from they're, 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 they, they didn't public, publicly separate I was always separate. okay. I was always okay with Penny, way with Penny having a relationship with him. I thought it was a positive yeah. thing. Penny Hardaway has done so much for young men coming yeah. up. In tough situations, I thought it was a good thing for him to stand by Mikey Williams because he needs it. He needs somebody like Penny Hardaway in his corner. And for it to work out out in this positive light, 
is a good thing. I don't think that we need to run around and do that. Well, he said that. He said that. At the end of the day, this kid is getting a second chance. His life isn't going to be ruined by a terrible, terrible mistake that he made. He's got to get straight and narrow now. And having a guy like Penny Hardaway in your corner when you're trying to go through this change is only going to be a good thing for him. So what I'm going to say is I am happy that Penny Hardaway is still in his corner and still has a relationship with him because I think it's good for Mikey Williams as a person moving forward. Not not just basketball. As a person, I think it's a good thing that Penny's with him. And we'll see what it looks like going into the future if he plays at the University of Memphis, if he plays overtime right. elite. G League Ignite. We'll keep an eye on that. Now, for the Memphis basketball program, we talked about Ole Miss beating NC State a couple nights ago in the ACC-SEC Challenge. That looks good for coming up on Saturday. Resume-building opportunity with Ole Miss at 6-0. Clemson beat Bama, of course, two nights ago in the ACC-SEC Challenge. But then last night we had a couple of interesting results. Two teams that the Tigers will play coming up, Virginia versus A&M. Virginia beats A&M 59-47. Virginia had no bench scoring, but all five starters were in double figures. Did you say 59-47? to 59-47. to 47. Oh, That's a Virginia score. That's a Virginia <laughs> score. Come on, you know that's how that's going to end up. And especially with A&M, they're not really a three-point shooting team. They try to take it to the rim, and we know Virginia's always going to pack the paint and make it uncomfortable for you finishing around the rim. But honestly, I think that that is about as good as it can be because A&M's the number 14 team in the country, and Virginia has had a couple of struggles in this early season. Boost that resume for Virginia. You'll have two good resumes that you get to play here later in the calendar. And then also, Arkansas beat Duke, and that was... I watched that game just about cover to cover. That was phenomenal. 80 to 75. That's huge for the Tigers. That's massive. Massive. Shout out to beat them when they were the number 20 team in the country, um, and then they beat the number 7 team in the country in Duke. That UNC Greensboro thing, let's leave it it behind. Uh, First thing, though, Bud Walton, and I've talked about this on multiple occasions, Bud Walton, when they really get going at Arkansas, that place is nuts. That's probably one of the best. At its peak. It was awesome. At its peak, top five hardest places to play in college basketball. Give us a home and home. Yes. It's what the people want. It is what the people want. It, Ty said it yesterday. Sometimes you just have to listen to the fan bases if you're an athletic director. Give the people what they want. Memphis, Arkansas should be played every single year. It should be played would, every year. You would think. And we can make Ty wear a penny jersey every single year. Yes. Has he posted that yet, by the way? I, don't think, I think it's this weekend he's okay. got to do that. Okay. Um, but in that game, shout out to Chandler Lawson. He's found himself a role. It's not scoring. It's similar to what he did last year with the Tigers, but on a, uh, maybe even a different level. He had six blocks last night against Good for him. That's good for him. You don't, I think he ended up with seven points, eight rebounds. It's not like he has, to, he has to be some unbelievable offensive player. He's never really been that. But he can get you some buckets, timely buckets at times. But what he does on the defensive end, getting everybody together and, and you know, being a rim protector, six blocks last night was phenomenal. And then Arkansas, Trayvon Brazil, 19-11. and 11, He had a three-point dagger at the end of that game. And uh, Caliph Battle, who's coming off the bench for that team, 21-5-5. and five. That Arkansas team is damn good. And I wonder, you know, as we get into sort of the top 25 conversations yet again, if, you know, we get to – um, Sunday and the Tigers have beaten Ole Miss. How much does this Arkansas win over Duke strengthen the Arkansas win or the the Tigers win over Arkansas when they were in the Bahamas? I, I really hope that it start, starts to shoot them up. It's it's silly that they aren't in it now. So if they yes, beat Ole Miss, they absolutely should be. And you heard what the players said. You know, all of them were like, "We think we're a top twenty team." Well, and Jay damn Quan it, Walton, I think they are. Jaquan Walton said they should have been a top twenty team, and it's ridiculous that they're not in the top twenty. I agree with them. I of course, it's hard not to. And we've talked about before, when you watch college basketball, 
You're just like, yeah, the Tigers are top 25 team. It's yes. silly that they're not. It, it's it's some of these they other pa- they top 25 the teams. Test. They passed the and eye also, test. Like, it's not Penny ugly. made point of this, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. He said out of six halves in the in the battle for Atlantis, they played five good ones. And yep. the first half against Villanova was just a dud. And that happens sometimes in out-of-conference. Um, now, I know Villanova lost to St. Joe's last night, so that doesn't look all that good. But, again, that goes to show – when you're in these matchups in the out-of-conference, sometimes you just lay duds. It doesn't have to be some sweeping conclusion about, oh, well, Memphis can't be on the same court as Villanova, or Villanova stinks because they lost to St. Joe's. Sometimes in the out-of-conference, when teams are not fully gelled yet, they have duds, halves, full games, the whole thing. I don't think people need to be punished for having lost certain games in the out-of-conference. Now, there are some that should matter more than others, um, like, for example, I think Florida Atlantic's loss to Bryant should have mattered a lot more than it did. But, you know, in, in the end of the day, when you're in the out-of-conference, when you're playing at neutral sites, when you're playing away, like, you just need to sort of let some of these, uh, these results in these out-of-conference matchups and early-season college basketball just move them to the side for a second, and then we'll, we'll uh, regroup later and figure out what it actually means. Um, Tennessee, by the way, lost to North Carolina last night, 193 but I honestly came out of that game with more hope for Tennessee based on what I saw from Dalton Necht. That guy is a stud, an absolute baller. 37 points last night, six rebounds, three assists, a steal, and two blocks. He, his bag is deep. He can knock down a three ball. He can get to the rim. He's good in the mid-range. He plays good defense. Dalton Neck's a stud. Now, I think there was some injury concerns about him after the game, but we'll see how that all, that all goes. But that left me with a little bit more hope because I hadn't seen really an absolute baller emerge on this, on this Tennessee roster until, until right this second. Dalton Neck certainly has that, that juice. I think Tennessee was the number one defense going into that game. They gave 100 points. So that's a little bit concerning. But, well, yeah, yes, that guy can hoop. But North Carolina definitely can bring that out of you. Sure. They, Tennessee's had a brutal schedule, man. They've had to yeah. play some power. I still houses. think Tennessee is a damn good team. Yeah, they're good. Damn team. good. Yeah, team. they're good. And they always peak at the right time at the end of SEC tournament or the SEC play. Get into the tournament, and then we'll see what. And happens. And then Rick Barnes there. happens. Yeah, the Rick Barnes regular season. Rick, we get all that. And then the final thing here, Bronny James, been cleared. Good, good for him. Good for him. Four months since his cardiac arrest. Give him a a shout out. He'll return to practice immediately for USC. Then he'll get to game action soon thereafter. I want to see him play. I do too. I mean, and I, I he's <laughs> and I know I'm not a TV exec, but TV execs are going to be happy because he is uh, he's good for ratings. I've said it many a time, but he reminds me of DeAnthony Melton. Okay. That's what his game reminds me of. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.